At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Titus, your host today, and I'm joined by two awesome guys that I got to meet at the Delta Waterfowl Expo. I've been telling you guys in the prior episodes to this that we had a lot of guests coming on, and these are two of the guys that I had mentioned, and I'm excited to talk to them today. Uh, one, one of them is Matt Carey. He's a content creator, photographer, videographer, does great stuff. You guys can check out his Instagram. He's on here. We're going to meet him. We also have Luke Moore, who is uh, on the Gunner marketing team or the marketing coordinator and also the showroom manager. Luke, Matt, it's good to have you on here today. Absolutely, man. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, there was so much going on at the Delta Waterfowl Expo. Guys were, guys were at your guys' booth like crazy. Got to shake hands a little bit, talk a little bit about some stuff and the new products. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Luke, if you want, and then we'll kind of bounce back and forth. We're going to start with some of the stuff with Gunner Kennels, guys. I've been preaching it for a long time, actually, since ever since I got Rocky. Um, actually, the first year, and guys, I'll let you do all talking after this. I want to preface this, that I went and bought a kennel from uh, Petco. Um, just one of those cheap plastic. Well, they're not cheap. <laughs> they're kind of expensive, actually. They're cheap as in quality is what I meant to say. And within, I think it was within seven, eight months, everything was falling apart on it. Um, don't even know how that's even possible. And I want to say I dropped 250 something like that, 300 bucks on it. So you get about six to eight months, maybe a year max out of it. Then you got to get another one. Then you got to get another one. I mean, now you're sitting at this high price that you spent and you've went through three different kennels with no guarantee, no warranty, no backup of the product. Well, found out about the Gunner Kennels. This is probably five years ago now, maybe sit, getting close to six, and bought that. And it's I'm looking right now. It's in my truck. It looks exactly the same as it did the day I bought it. No loose bolts, screws, nothing. Everything works on it just the same. So that speaks a lot about your guys' product, Luke. I mean, you know, can you tell me? what it takes for you guys to have such the quality and I guess, um, quality control and all that. Yeah, dude, absolutely. So, uh, first off, I appreciate the kind words. It's, it's always cool, um, to hear that. And like everyone internally, it's still up to this point. We just, we just geek out when we hear people talk about the kennels because to us, um, we're just still a really small company and still continuing to grow like crazy. So it's always fun to hear that. Um, and we, we stand behind the product just as much as our customers do. And, I think that's one big reason behind, you know, why our customers back us, kind of like you were just saying there, is we rely on them and we invest in them and we listen to them. So I started at Gunner on the customer experience side of things and I'm very thankful for that because um, I got to not only learn the ins and outs of the company, but ins and outs of our customer base. And to be fully customer obsessed, that's one of our big things here um, is to put everything towards the customer. So a big thing is listening to them, mm-hmm. um, listening to what they have to say, the good, the bad, every, everything in between, and take that to improve upon the product. And thankfully, Addison built a kennel where there wasn't much room for improvement. Um, very, very small things over the years. Uh, but man, it's just 
it, it's great to stand behind a product that's like that because there's a lot of them out there that aren't um, kind of like you just mentioned. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all, it all goes back to the customer and with our product, it's kind of daunting because the kennel, it's literally man's best kennel, world's best kennel. Uh-huh. And we, we know that, but it's, it's really hard because once you get to kennel and unless you get another dog, you won't need another kennel <laughs> for that lifetime. Um, unless you get a dog that's a different size. Yeah. So standing behind that with a lifetime warranty and, and backing our customer and fans, in my opinion, that's where, you know, it all started and, and Addison's one big goal starting out too. Uh, and now we're at the point today to where it's like, we have the kennel, we have all of the best accessories. We have world's best kennel. And then it goes into right now, world's best man's best bumper. And that's what it'll continue to be. Uh, all of the dog products you could think of, uh, but top, top of the class. Yeah. What Matt, what's your thoughts on that new bumper? And that's, we kind of roll, we'll roll right into that. I'll get your opinion too, Luke, but Matt, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. I, I got to hold it, got to look at it. Um, I'm definitely going to be getting some for sure next year when I get my new pup to help train as Rocky gets older. But what's your thoughts on it, Matt? Well, uh, you know, a a few months ago, Luke called me and was like, Hey, you want to do some photos of this new product we're, we're doing? And I was like, all right, well, what's, what's the product? And he says, uh, we're making dog bumpers. And then, you know, immediately in my head is wondering what in the world could you do different? Right. Um, and what in the world could you do, you know, better? I assume they would. Um, and man, like I was just um, really surprised at just the innovation that the team over there came up with. Um, I absolutely love it. You know, I got a handful of them early on and then um, just started working with them immediately. Um, you know, as far as features, like it's it's this foam EVA type material, you know, and it's super light, but you can chuck it a considerable distance. I mean, I, I would say further than most of the other bumpers I have huh. that are significantly heavier. Um, and then my favorite feature after that has got to be the completely hollow inside um, you know, being able to chuck feathers in there with, and not having to deal with electrical tape or zip ties or something like that, um, just to work with scent training is really, really helpful. Um, and then you never have to worry about tape coming off or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I absolutely love them. I've been using them now since, uh, you know, it's, it's August now. I've been using them since probably uh june or something like that and they've quickly become one of my go-to training tools if i'm working with bumpers um i'm i'm using those and you know if i'm not working with ducks i'm using those nine times out of ten yeah i mean that i felt it like i said it is, it is when you grab it you're like man this is light is this gonna go far but like when you kind of grab it by the the handle that comes out of it and you kind of swing it, you could tell that it's got that weight where you could chuck it. But I wonder, you know, looking at that material, it, it feels great. It looks great. I feel like it's hard enough for the dog where they wouldn't tear it up, but soft enough that it's not too hard. Um, what, Luke, what made them, I mean, how long did they work on this? Like, and what was their thoughts behind it? Yeah, so it's actually really cool. You know, a lot of people think these products, I guess I hate saying this word, but outside of the industry, uh, they think these products just come in a couple months. But and yeah. Addison's had this in mind for a long time, like years in mind. Yeah. And the past few years now is when he's kind of put that um, into prototyping and testing, testing different materials um, to where we are now is the proprietary foam, a specific material for the rope, and the overall design and engineering of the bumper itself. And it's like, it is a, a very lengthy process and it's been so cool to see it from the very beginning to the very end. And by very end, I mean, just the release of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
it's a, it's a different price bumper, just like all of our products, you know, it's, it's not the cheapest to make, so it's not going to be the cheapest to buy either. And there's reasoning behind that. There's different features, the proprietary phone, there's all kinds of different things that go into it to set it apart. And when it sets apart, it's also going to be a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that was one thing I was worried about of, of, you know, is our customer base and all of our new customers, what are they going to think of this before I even had the prototypes in hand? And man, I've been testing them now for probably I'd say five, six, seven months. And man, as soon as I got them, it, it just like, there's no question. And, mm. you know, we understand that most guys aren't going to go out and get a full set of bumpers right off the bat. Right. Because uh, it, it's an investment. But, you know, in my mind, what I do is I'll get the main set of bumpers I'll need. And then each season, I'll buy a couple more, buy a couple more. Mm-hmm. And with normal bumpers out there, man, it's like each time you buy more, it's for replacements. But for these bumpers, it's just adding to your lineup. You know, mm-hmm. these bumpers are literally built to last um, if you're using them in the proper context. And, you know, it's not for the dogs that are going to have the bumper for 10, 15 minutes at a time. Like these are for working dogs, training dogs. And uh, I, I think that's one thing that customers have to grasp. It's like, okay, this is a training tool. This is not a, a chewing toy or anything like that. Right. And when you put it in that, in that um, conversation of a training tool it is very very durable compared to anything else out there uh-huh. uh but yeah it, it's just been so much fun and it's it, to see addison's visions like come to life and just work um it's like they work every time and i feel like that's pretty rare and so it's just fun to be a part of yeah well i mean <clears throat> looking at it too you know you kind of i think one of you guys already mentioned how you can put the feathers i think that was you matt that said how you could put the yeah. feathers for that kind of stuff down inside of it uh, for the scent training, I mean, they got white, they got orange, they got the white and black, which is one of my favorites, which it's sold out already, which is no surprise. I mean, um, just, um, I don't know, either one of you, it doesn't matter to me, which can you guys kind of describe the little details and little features of the bumper? Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, I would like to point out what, what makes the product different. And there's a lot of them in this case. So the bumper with the proprietary foam uh, is a big part of it. Uh, the rope material, it's not really a rope, but that's what you'd call it. Um, it gives just enough stretch to where if the, if the bumper is a little bit lighter, it's almost like it slingshots out of your hand. Mm. And I, I think that's what Matt was trying to refer to is like, man, it might feel lighter in your hand, but once it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's almost like a slingshot. And once you throw one, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, another cool feature is the almost like knob slash handle. Um, you can hold it in two separate places and you can also clip it to like carabiners. And mm-hmm. once it's on the carabiners, it's really nice to just clip on the tie down pins of the kennel. Um, and then I'd say I would have to agree with Matt on this. One of my favorite features is that the cap per se to come off. So you can put the scent training for the feathers. Um, you know, everyone thinks it's like just for hunting dogs, but I've actually been working with some local uh, SWAT teams and police departments and utilizing them in detection training. Mm. Uh, so for airports, uh, drug detection, bomb detection, anything like that, it gives the dogs and the trainers a very easy capsule to do that in compared to other things that may just be dirtier or may not make sense uh, to train with. So there's a lot of different avenues you can utilize that scent training for, uh, which would probably make it my favorite feature. And then last but not least, um, it's vented in the middle, which also acts as almost like a pinpoint uh, for the dog to grab in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, and there's there's all kinds of features that like, hey, it, one alone may not make a difference, but when all of those are jam-packed into one bumper, it's, it, when you think of an overbuilt bumper and how do you do it, uh, we did it. And it's it's really cool. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think, looking at that from standpoint of some of us, I mean, I've only trained a couple uh, labs so far but getting ready to start on third next year and seeing how that does concave in the middle for that which is one of the things young dogs want to do is they want to have that cigar hold you know like they want to hold it off yep. the end and i like how this kind of pushes them to grab in the middle you know and i've had chris they can tell me like oh it's not i mean it is as a person looking a trainer looking at him holding it like that could get a little frustrating like hold it in the middle where you're supposed to but he said in the field with, you know, ducks and stuff, it's it's really not going to affect in that way. But it's just nice for training, like you said, that feature. And then I really like the fact that if you have a carabiner, like when I go train Rocky now or back when he was a pup, I would take a backpack with all my bumpers, you know. And now it's slick because you can just put, you know, five, six, seven, eight 
on that carabiner and it's just super clean. It's super easy to to deal with and to work with. So you you definitely you guys hit it on all aspects for sure. I'm definitely liking what you guys got going here for sure. It's been really cool, man. It, it's just been this is our first product that I'll say is on a lower price point compared to everything else. So people that don't have a kennel or don't have a food crate, um, they can buy into our brand and, and start to utilize that top tier quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have to do that with a, with a higher end kennel or very expensive kennel. Um, and it's been really cool because we've already seen people that don't have the kennel that they'll buy the bumpers. Like, man, this is crazy quality. Like I can only imagine the kennel and it's much easier mm. for them to see that quality once yeah. they go to the kennel, which is, that was one of my most excited points to think of. Um, and just to see it come to fruition has been cool. Uh, to say the least. Yeah, that's I never I honestly never thought about it like that, but that's a great way because it, it it is a big step to you know pay the money for one of those kennels. But when you know it's lifetime, and you know someone else has had it, well, I think one of those things is a really strong word of mouth too. You know, or who hasn't? What they're saying about it. So, yeah, but that's that's such a great factor. I never thought of. That's a good segue into getting a kennel, seeing the quality of the bumpers. So, um, so uh, Matt, you. Do you have your own dog? It look, I mean, it looks like you do. Is that your pup in there? That- yes. Yes, I do. Her name's Juno. She's three, and she's just a fantastic dog. What uh, I'm curious, what, where'd you get her from? Dude, it's kind of a crazy story. So, so my wife would say we 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 jokingly say she's our dog, but uh, in in all reality. I always <laughs> called Juno her dog, you know, mm-hmm. when we started dating, uh, like right after we started dating, she got this dog and we basically trained her from, from then until now. And I remember when she was looking for dogs, we had researched uh, a few different kennels in the area and she found one particular, uh, we wanted to get an American lab. She found one American lab breeder out of Nashville and they were all out of dogs. And so when she was talking to them, uh, they ended up saying, Hey, you know, I know you're calling us for our dog and all that sort of thing, but, um, we actually, um, you know, we're friends with these new people. They're starting, a new kennel one of their dogs are using is one of our old dogs and uh, you know you should check them out they're a little bit cheaper and um, but they're it's a great bloodline so we called them and they had two dogs left one of them they were keeping uh, to breed and then the other one was Juno and so um, it was just probably like a, an hour south of Nashville uh, mm. before you get down to Alabama um we picked her out she was definitely the last pick what we kind of figured is she was the last pick was because she just kind of had a little bit of some shy tendencies Uh she was a little bit more timid in in a few different ways but um in general just an awesome dog so that was three years ago she's just over three now but um but yeah so that's where we got her um, both both of her parents were titled dogs. Oh, nice! Um, master hunters, all that stuff. So we knew we were going to get somewhat of a solid dog. And both those parents, especially the dad, just was a stud of a really pretty looking dog. Uh-huh. So we we were stoked. Do you, did you train her yourself, or because you, you duck hunt, right? Yeah. So my me and my wife trained her together. Okay. So um, we both. We, this was our first dog. Um, and you know, one of the things we wanted to do from the get go is just do it together mm-hmm. and be something we do together. So, you know, a lot of our dates, um, even before, right before we got married, were training dogs <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, meeting up with people and taking the dog out and all of that sort of thing. Um, and then we used the, uh, Cornerstone gun dog Academy. Okay. Um, so we started with that and then used a mix of um, their stuff as well as um, using some stuff from a guy called Dog Bone Hunter uh-huh. on YouTube. Um, and those two things in conjunction were pretty much like all she's got in her so far. Um, she's definitely not been a finished dog, but 
um, we're we're working towards it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> I'd like to hear. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I like to hear your experience using Cornerstone Gun Dog. Um, I used Chris Sagan's on the last two dogs and had good success. And Rocky's a great dog, but um, might be working with Barton Ramsey at Southern Oak Kennels, and I'm gonna use that Cornerstone Gun Dog Academy, and I'm kind of um, excited to use it and having more experience takes the intimidation factor away quite a bit, I think. But what right. what was your experience and how easy and simple it was and how's that how's that all work? Can you explain to the listeners a little bit how that works? Yeah, so I I have nothing but good things to say about them. Um, I mean, one like Josh Barton and and then uh, Josh's dad Keith, they're just great people. Um, and you know, much like. Uh, you know, everybody I've met at Gunner, they're just really solid people and they care a lot about the customers. Um, so any question I've had along the way, I mean, you you can get on the phone with one of the three of them and, and answer, get those questions answered. So um, that alone is just like one of my favorite parts about it. But uh, we did the Complete Gun Dog Academy. So uh, there's two different things you can get the complete gun dog Academy, which is just the very first set of lessons that they put out, which is pretty extensive. And then you can also do the, uh, 52 plus, which is Josh working with one dog from puppy till finished. And that really gives you another look in on just taking a dog from the very beginning to this is like a finished hunting dog. Um, and the way they've got it set up is super really easy user friendly you know you can go on their website and then you can also access the lessons via an app on your phone that is called kajabi mm-hmm. it's just like a um like a lesson app where all of the lessons are stored mm-hmm. uh, so that part is nice i mean like anywhere i go or even if i'm out training i can if i don't remember something i can always pull up a video check it out, rewatch something before I would run a drill. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that I struggled with along the way with it was, and this is just all I can really speak to is the, um, the complete gun dog Academy. Mm-hmm. Cause I haven't used, used the other product, but there's certain things where, you know, you get going in it and it's just, your dog is going to be different than the dog that's on the yeah, screen. Right. You know, yeah. they, they use a lot of different personality dogs, different dogs at mm-hmm. different skill levels, different personalities, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Um, and but to say that, uh, I feel like if you if you sign up for Cornerstone at the very beginning, they they do a lot of teaching on reading dogs, how dogs work, how they learn, how they communicate, all of that sort of thing. And that was the most informative thing for us, I think, as as Gloria, my wife, and I dove into, you know, learning this and, and training dogs is 
we got really good at reading our dog. And then also, you know, now my do- my wife, she trains dogs for a living and she's gotten really good. I mean, way better than me at just reading dogs and understanding what is the dog thinking? What is it doing? What's it understanding? What's it not understanding? All of that sort of thing, uh, which I think is the key to, yep. to training any dog is is really knowing like, okay, what's going on here? If they're mm-hmm. not doing what you want them to do uh you know how to solve how to solve a problem because that's really all dog training is is solving Mm -hmm. problems and um you know figuring out what's the dog not getting how can i get them to figure out figure this issue out and then how can i build their confidence in that and then go from there you know yeah no that's so true that was something i definitely learned on rocky the first dog ever done because you you like if you get frustrated like why why is what am i doing wrong what what am i not doing right that they can understand this and some of those things was <clears throat> one of the things i learned was if if it's not going smooth you're 4 or 5 minutes into the training session and it's not going smooth or how you think it should step away take a break you know never get frustrated never show any frustration at your dog cuz it doesn't it just makes it go on a downhill sp- spiral you know like it does oh, not for work sure. And the dog can sense that and feel that, you know, <clears throat> and then it just gets worse. So I think one of the biggest things I learned was like, okay, it's not going exactly how I thought it would, or it's not going how the video did, right? And like you said, it's funny because you <laughs> right. think everything's going to go perfectly like the video does. And and then Never. you just got to step away, take a break, maybe come back in an hour or two. And I've seen so many times where I, when I came back, I'm like, my goodness, why couldn't you done that the first time? But for whatever reason, it just worked out better that next time. Timing wasn't right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I, I was talking to, um, talking to a guy just a, a few weeks ago about dog training. He's been training dogs for over 20 years. And, you know, one of his biggest things that he said, a young dog trainer, anybody wanting to either get into dog training or, or get better at it. Uh, is just to be ready to pivot like and don't if you need to end your session or if something's not going right don't force something and just switch something up Um, you know like you're saying you do something and then you walk away and then come back and then the problem solved I mean that can happen you know the other day uh, we were running like a simulated hunt test with Juno and you know, we did our water retrieves and she did perfect, held the bird perfect, delivered the hand perfect. I mean, just everything. Even even my wife made a mistake throwing the bird, not where we wanted to throw it. And she succeeded. She went and it stretched her a bit, but she succeeded. Then we did the land retrieves. Something weird happened. And I have no idea. Like, I don't know if she like a bug got on her or she smelled something weird, but she would not pick the second bird up. And then, so I just like waited and I waited and I lit her and she like laid down and I've never seen her do that. And then eventually I, you know, I commanded her to find it. She got, and then she went right to it. I mean, she was sitting like a few feet away from it, went right to it, picked it up and brought it right back to me. And, you know, it was just an odd thing. Right. And, you know, my wife and I, we got to talking and it's like, Hey, what do you think that was? And I just was like, man, I think it was something weird and I don't think we need to worry about it. And, and I think we'll just do it again and act like nothing happened. And that's, you know, that's true. I think a big thing is like your dog goes off of, they, they feed off of your confidence level as well. And so if, like what you were saying before, if you're feeling weird or angry or un- impatient about something, your dog feeds off of that. Mm-hmm. And they'll look to you for knowing like, Hey, is this, a, is this going to happen? If you just act like nothing, nothing's wrong and you believe that they're going to do what they're going to do, then, a lot of times they end up succeeding yep. and they'll just trust you and they'll go for it. And that's a, that's a big thing, building that trust and uh, that they can trust you as the handler. Yeah. 100% agree with that. Um, I seen that with Kelly, um, Rocky's pup that my friend bought and we hunt that, them, the father's father, daughter hunt together quite a bit, Rocky and Kelly. And I seen, we seen her do that a few times and train too. Cause it's been a while since I worked with Rocky and I know stuff like that happened, but like you said, if you don't take it too to heart and go home and lose sleep about it, usually it was just something, just a little nick or a tick or something, you know? Because, I mean, it's like us. Not every day do we feel like top 
of the level or feel a hundred percent. We don't, I mean, they can't talk to us, you know, and tell us, Hey, maybe I don't feel good. Or, you know, my, my mouth is sore. Well, who knows, you know? So, Oh yeah. That was a really, yeah, that's a really good point. Know. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really good point. So <clears throat> to kind of change angles here, Luke, I'm going to, I'll give Matt's going to have a little bit more time to think about this, but Luke, I'll put you on the spot. What was one of your best, um, waterfowl experiences or hunts that you had last year? And it doesn't have to be necessarily a limit or whatever or it can be, but what was one of the coolest things that you had happen out duck hunting last season? Man, um, my season was pretty eventful. I, the first half of the season was nonstop. And that second half, man, I just got so busy both personally and professionally. I just didn't have much of a, a second half of the season. Um, but last season, I thought it was going to be my older dog Goose's last season. Um, and so he was 12 at that point, if I'm remembering correctly. He was 12 at that point. His body's just kind of, it's not keeping up with his drive. Um, so I was like, man, I'm going to go on some easy hunts just for him and, We'll see how we go. We go, but I was telling people, man, this is his last season. Well, one of the first hunts, uh, and I guess it was one of the first cold fronts that came in. Uh, but one of the first hunts within that, it was really icy. Uh, we were hunting a flooded rice field uh, in a pit blind, and just it was some. It was rough at his age, you know, busting ice and real bad mud at that time. Um, but I was like, man, we'll hunt it, and if I see he's going downhill, then we'll stop. Man, it was so cool because he came out like one of the first trees of the morning, just right out the gate impressed me. Um, he still had it. And like, mm. I'm talking, had it enough to where I was like, man, he's doing better this season than the season before. Mm. And it just got me so much more excited for the rest of the season to come. Cause I was so worried about having to be in that experience of going out, having to pick him up to where he couldn't do it anymore. Mm. And, you know, don't get me wrong. He was, he would go out, you know, just as hard as he, as he could, but on the way back, he had to take his time mm. and his whole life has been go, go, go there and back. Just he's, he's that once in a lifetime dog for me that started it all. Yeah. And, uh, so to see him in, in any sort or any level of discomfort, uh, based on his body has been hard. So it was just, I don't know, it was really encouraging for me to be able to get a full season out of him. Um, and, and know that out of one of the first hunts we went on, mm. um, but it, it was just, I don't know, I guess it was just special yeah. because in my mind, this was going to be it. And then it wasn't it. And now we're going into this season at 13 and kind of in the same boat. I'm like, is this, I keep catching myself because I'm like, this is going to be it. But I said, it's going to be it last season. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'd have to say just the encouragement I got from just seeing him retrieve. Uh, I'm to a point to where I just, between my dogs and calling, dude, like, I love killing ducks. Don't get me wrong, but to see them work and work in the ducks, like that's as long as someone else is killing the ducks for them to retreat, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. I, I didn't have, I mean, I've duck hunted now for consistently for uh, 23 years and not until six years ago, I've hunted with some hunting, you know, some labs and whatever, by the way, what, it, what is your dog? Is it a lab or a, yeah, so I have a 13-year-old black lab, uh, which is Goose, and then I have a six-month-old pup, uh, another black lab, which is Dex. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll ask you some more questions about them, but that was one of the things, like I said, that, you know, you it's uh, something you don't really want to think about, <laughs> you know? It's like it goes a, dog's li- a hunt dog's life is really so short in the span of our lives that it's something you try to push away, but... Like me getting another pup next year. Honestly, it's not that I don't want another pup. I just don't want to get another pup because I know why I'm getting another pup. You know, it's just like, oh man. And see, Barton Ramsey was saying you need to get him between six and seven. I was thinking six and seven. Can it be like nine and (laughs) ten? You know, so. But that's really impressive, honestly, that your dog is still at 12 years old, still hunting. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty seasoned. I mean, you know been around for a while uh, it man it's a blessing more than i can explain most dogs i've hunted over a lot of labs and Mm -hmm. you can really start to see it on them eight nine ten years old Mm -hmm. and he was hitting that mark and he was he's good as ever um you know i've kept him in a really good weight most of his life especially Mm -hmm. in an older age and just kept him where most a lot of guys i've talked to will kind of put some weight on in the off season and then drop it for the uh during duck season and I kept him at a fighting weight all year long, mm. especially in his older ages. And it's been, 
I really put a lot into doing that um, and just keeping that weight off of him, keeping fighting weight. And uh, I, I really do think it's done wonders, but he's just, he's just got it. He's got it in him, man. He's one of those dogs that, you know, everyone says, Oh, my dog's this, my dog's that. Um, and I guess I'm right there with him because he's, he's, he's got it. I mean, yeah. 13 years old, he, he's running out just as hard as he ever has. Uh, but like I said, you can just see it on him after um, or the retrieve coming back. Um, so we're going to hit it hard, man. It's his last season at 13. We'll say last season per se is going to be another special one. Um, I'm hoping Dex is going to be to the point to where he can at least get a hunter two in where he can kind of honor Deuce um, and learn a little bit from him. And hopefully a uh, little spoiler here, I've been talking with Matt. We're hoping to capture a last hunt, last retrieve, passing the torch within the same hunt to Dex's first hunt, first retrieve, um, awesome. and trying to capture it. And I did, I, I never thought it would have lined up that way because at Deuce's age and then getting a pup when he's so old, but um, if it works out, it's going to be incredible to capture. Oh man. Yeah. It's going to work out, Luke. It's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that will be amazing. I, I love to yeah. see that. Well, I mean, if you guys, you guys are going to do that, where would you guys put that? Would you put that up on Instagram or would that be on YouTube or what do you guys got planned? Or I don't want to break up your secret plans. If you try to keep no, that on no, the down low. Dude, I don't know yet. Um, I guess it depends on how much or to what capacity we capture the whole process mm-hmm. or the whole hunt. Um, regardless of gunner, I'm going to do it. But, you know, I've been talking with the team and they want it. It seems like they want to do it more than I do, mm-hmm. um, which is saying a lot. So <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know yet. We're, we'll see. And however it plays out, it'll play out. But just to capture those two retreats back to back, man, it's going to be something special. That's awesome, man. That's super cool. Um, it's sad. It's like, like you said, it's a bittersweet type of thing. And so, yeah, passing the torch, um, it's got to happen. Um, it's sad, but again, it's it's something I guess you could smile and look back and show how good of a dog. Like I said, that's impressive, 13 years old. Um, see, you kind of preaching at me there a little bit because, honestly, I've always let Rocky get a little. He's probably five, six pounds Every year he gets about five or six pounds more in the off season, and then he it gets dropped by hunting and preseason prep, you know. And he's always he's always stayed around the same weight. He's like the same weight in hunt season, and then he's the same weight in the off season as far as that fluctuation there. But he kind of preaching to me a little bit, making me think and rethink, like maybe I shouldn't have let that happen like that. Man, but, it, it's hard, um, but worth it. You know my. I'll say my mom and dad, like whenever he's over there, they're like, man, you need to feed him more. I'm like, mom, dad, like I promise I don't. And I always like to keep, even Dex is a puppy, you know, I, he's growing like crazy. Like I, I'm feeding him a lot, but I won't let him get past to where, you know, I, I like to see the very back end of their ribs and concave into their stomach. And that's always how I tell with goose. And now with Dex, you know, that, at a good weight, um, yeah. you know, we don't want them skin and bones, but we want them fit. We don't want them lagging a whole bunch of weight around if they don't have to. Yep. That's how I'll continue doing it. And again, it's hard because like you want to spoil them and do stuff here and there. And and it sounds stupid, but even with treats, like I won't, I can't remember the last time I gave goose a normal dog treat. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever have with Dex. Um, I'll just get like, it sounds so stupid. I know, but vegetables, I'll freeze them. And like throughout the week, I'll just give them frozen vegetables as treats. And it's, way cheaper than normal and a lot healthier won't put weight on them uh, but it's the same thing as us like we snack all day throughout the week like we're gonna gain weight it's the same mm-hmm. thing for the dog yeah um, I, I nerd out over that I, I i love that portion and the supplements and stuff for the dogs but, well it, it matters uh, because like um the, the dog food too i was gonna ask you see i've i've used you canuba 3020 for years before that i think it was pro plan but there were some things i noticed from that and i'm not trying to bash anybody in this episode but like you canuba 3020 is one been one of the greatest things and i think um because the glucosamine and the chondroitin in it it's so good for their joints and that's a thing that goes bad in labs rule quite a bit often you know especially at rocky's age and older even that young i could i've heard of things people saying oh they're limping or they're you know they're hobbling um and if you want to talk about geeking out or nerding out over things you probably really think i'm crazy because I've literally done this since he was a puppy. Um, and don't think me weird for doing this, but I've literally always like kind of assisted him jumping out of the truck. He did, When I dropped the tailgate and opened my gunner kennel, he doesn't just bust out there and take off running like I see a lot of people's dogs doing. 
Not saying that that's yeah. wrong, but that hop from the truck down on those front shoulders is half the reason I believe, and I've talked to other people about it, why they get all that arthritis in their shoulders as they get older because of that pressure. I mean, think about it, you know, jumping off all that weight's going on those two front legs and shoulders. I don't pick him up and put him on the ground, but like as he goes to go off, I got my arm around his back underneath his ribcage and then kind of like a system where he's just not hitting that so hard. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think you're weird so for doing I the things you do, do, you know, I, I do the exact same thing uh, with you. Same. Do you? He, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm not the only guy. <laughs> he, dude, I'm telling you, I think it's one of those things like, why not? Longevity, right? Make a difference. If you exactly. can do it. Um, with Goose, he did younger, uh, up to like five or six. And dude, like, if I could take those times back, I would. Um, and with Dex, a young puppy, it's probably not going to bother him right now, but in the longevity right. of things, it will. And I'm the same exact way. I'm like, why not just pick them up and just help them down mm-hmm. um, to save some joints? I mean, man, they work so hard. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So those little things, I think, add up in the long run. What kind of dog food do you guys like, both of you? What do you guys feed I your think dogs? We're, I think we're both using the same thing, if, if I'm not mistaken, from our conversations. I, I'm using the, the – uh, and I'm sorry you just said you just said this, but I'm using the 3020 Pro Plan Sport. Okay, they have the 3020. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious to what one though, because they they have a couple. I don't. I never fed them. See, I never fed them the 3020 with Pro Plan. Okay. I fed them just the, the regular. The reason we yeah, the reason we picked that one uh, as opposed to some other things is actual chicken, not like chicken meal. Mm. Actual mm. chicken was the first ingredient yep. in the ingredient list. Um. And then, you know, my wife, she, we've tried actually a bunch of different things. She's gotten some natural dog foods and all that sort of thing. And we, we've landed at the pro plan sport for the longest time. Um, Gloria really wants to do a raw diet and like do everything mm-hmm. on our own. It's just it's it's a lot expensive of work. and yeah. it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe um, if I can, like an extra deer or something a year for for juno maybe we'll be able to make that happen <laughs> you know what let me and let it. me let me cut you off there because i need to rephrase what i said i was sitting there thinking about after i said it to you and then you said what you said it wasn't that that i was feeding them because i did used to the only reason i switched from pro plan purina pro plan to you can 3020 is because uh, you can do 3020. I don't know if ProPlan has this, but they have the glucosamine and the chondroitin for the joints. What I was feeding them before that, why I switched from that to like ProPlan is be, like if, and this is kind of gross, but I know you guys already know this. I'm just letting the listeners know. Like you feed them that cheap dog food. I'm not saying it's, you're a bad person for doing that because I get it. Trust me, dog food's expensive. Like you can do is like 90 bucks for a 30 pound bag that only lasts like th- a month. But um, those cheaper dog foods, and you said it already, Matt, the first ingredient, if you go and look at it, a lot of it's mill type, like corn mill or different types. Again, not to be gross, but that dog is going to go the bathroom about three times to four times as much every day, which nobody likes cleaning dog poop up. But not only the bigger part of that is, is they're not absorbing the nutrients that they need. So. Right. That's that's why I switch from those those cheaper dog foods, and I get it. You know it's expensive, but um, you got two reasons right right there why to go to like either Pro Plan or you can do, but or something else. I mean, I've seen some some advertisements of some stuff that's mixed with like a lot of natural stuff too. I, I don't know if you guys have seen that or what's your thoughts on those other dog foods. I know they're really expensive though. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, 
and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, I've uh, I've gone back and forth. Like I'm not like all the way for, all the way against any any dog food brand I've been through yet. Uh, right now, and what he's been on most has been the uh, Pure Purina Pro Plan Sport, the 3020, but the Salmon Blend. Um, mm. That's my big thing. I've always kept Goose on Older Lab and now Dex is just a fish based diet. Um, I was like the omega three in it. Mm. It, it. He's Goose has always been great on it. His coat's been one of the best I've ever seen, especially in older ages. Um, and the same thing goes for Dex, but that's the main thing I look for on top of the quality ingredients is a fish base. So like, I know a nutshuck has a great Marine line, uh, pro plan has the salmon line. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think you can has one. Uh, but again, I've, I've heard amazing things on, you can performance blends as well. So I don't have anything bad to say about any of them, but mm. I, I do like the very high protein, um, performance blends. And if I can get the Marine fish. Uh, base that that would be my preference mm -hmm. yeah i i tried something the last two years and it seemed to work pretty good because rocky's not as active i mean he does a, a lot of running around the house and we have a pool that he swims in literally all day like if i fly over if i'm at work and i fly over the house going back to the airport i'll see him back there i mean he swims in the pool more than the girls do so i think it's a kind of great for him in the summer you know to get that exercise but um I've wondered, you know, I've swapped them down to, they have some different blends. Like, I think it's, um, I think, I want to say it's 23, I think it's 2318. So it drops the protein down a little bit. And because what is it? It's protein and um, fats, right? So I definitely noticed that he stays a little bit leaner in the off season when he normally puts weight on with changing that. So I kind of bounce from that in the summer and then go back to the thirty twenty when he's hustling a lot and hunting all the time, so yeah, that's just something I've done. But Matt, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, well, I asked Luke, but I didn't let you. I gave you a lot of time to think about it. Now, what was one of your <laughs> most uh, memorable or favorite hunts of last year, dude? I'm so torn between two different. Stories. Hey, tell them both. That's um, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I was probably going to anyway, <laughs> but, um, and I think like the first story that, that was like my, my main highlight, I would say was, you know, I, I do a good bit of hunting just around the Nashville area, but by no means do we shoot limits around Nashville. Like it's mm -hmm. like not the, the main part of the flyway. If we want to shoot, a bunch of ducks we we had west we head out towards like mississippi river tennessee river or to arkansas and west tennessee all those areas are just significantly better but anyway um at the second opener like right after our split here um after thanksgiving first weekend of december um, I, I went out to go hunt and like none of my buddies could go and it was just me and Juno. And I found, I went out to one of these lakes near us and I found a spot where I just tucked into, I could tuck myself and Juno's, uh, dog stand up in this little tree. And, you know, we set up like a crazy spread, like maybe 12 decoys and, and like a little butt splasher uh -huh. and uh we shot me and juno shot us a limit in that in that little spot <laughs> and awesome. she she even got to you know chase some cripples and the duck was diving on her and i just let her hunt you know it was like i know you know when you're with other people and your dog's like screwing around or something or chasing a, a duck uh -huh. everybody's like all right hurry 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 or just leave them out there and so i just you know, I did whatever I wanted to do, let my uh -huh. dog go as long as she was going to go. And she retrieved all those birds. It was such a fun hunt. And, you know, just so rewarding to, you know, one, everybody loves to shoot a limit, but uh -huh. just me being able to do that with my dog, just, uh, you know, 20 minutes away from my house. Uh -huh. Um, you know, it was just a, such a fun, a fun day. Right. Um, and then my second story is, it was probably like right after Christmas, we had like a big freeze here, right? Around Christmas uh -huh. where it got down to like zero. 
and we had some good hunts around then and um all of that but we went out and hunted on the river one of those days and everything like a lot of things were froze up so we decided to go to the river and it was me and my buddy ben and my brother-in-law and then i brought this guy it was his, literally his first duck hunt this guy from church uh-huh. and he just like he he knew nothing had no idea and it was just like a, a fun experience and i had no idea what to expect we're on our way out to where we we're gonna hunt we kicked up like hundreds of ducks roosting on the river which hunting in that area i had i had never seen uh-huh. and so we set up and man like right right at shooting light just just when you could first start seeing stuff uh-huh. we had a pack of i mean dude i i if i would i don't i would not be exaggerating and this is in the nashville area like at least a group of like a hundred mallards mixed with black ducks just wow. all dumped in all right in front of us all at the same time just in one huge group wow. and you just hearing the wind flying coming through their wings in between the trees through there we were just in awe and we just watched them and then finally like at the back end of that pack about 30 birds finished right over our decoys and we shot into them and we're just awestruck mm, <laughs> you man. know and what once it got we we the rest of the morning was not super eventful but just getting to see that uh-huh. big of a group of birds come through in an area where we never see that concentration of birds was just so so fun and i can still just visually see them coming through it was such an exciting moment um and then you know after that again it wasn't super eventful but these guys like my brother-in-law had never seen anything like that he was astonished this other guy thought that like you know it's his first duck hunt he sees that he's like man this is really great he had no idea like, that wasn't the norm wow that's amazing it was, it was such a, a fun experience and getting to share it getting to share it with those guys was, right it was fun as well and you're get you're giving me the fever the problem with doing these podcasts <laughs> is it just gets me all wound up for duck season yeah. then i'm like uh oh, we still got another well do you guys till hunt oh yeah oh you lucky dogs See, I've traveled for it. uh, We don't have no till season in California. I haven't really gotten into it. I'm real big. Like, I've spec hunted quite a bit. And then, um, man, I I dove hunt like crazy. But I'm hoping Matt and I can connect this season. Um, We're trying to plan a few hunts, both traveling and local around some teal. And I'm hoping we can make both work. That would be cool. That it's fun. I I've done it um, two or three different years. I went to Nebraska and did it. And uh, it's fun. It's just, it's just fun, especially because the way the blue wings are during that time, they're oh, they're yeah. bunched up pretty good, and they're loud when they buzz right over your head, and they just decoy good. It's 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 a good way to start the season. But you're right, like dove season, uh, September first out here in California, and it's gonna be. Um, I got invited some friends from church that have an awesome place for it. They've got almond orchards and fields and all kinds of stuff. It's gonna be pretty i think it's gonna be pretty amazing so that's coming up too for sure i can't wait (laughs) when does it so you're in tennessee matt yeah when does your guys till season start the teal season i believe is the 9th of september it's it's that second saturday and it lasts uh it lasts uh just over a week like the 9th through the 17th i believe okay and you know, the, the cool thing here is we're allowed to shoot wood ducks for the first half of that week, too. So, oh, wow. you know, sometimes, like, if the teal are here yet, I mean, you can have, like, an awesome hunt. But sometimes, it like, they don't come through to till the end of that week. Like, I've had times where, you know, we hunt Monday, Tuesday, don't see teal Wednesday, they're there. Or Thursday, they're there. Mm-hmm. And then Friday, they're gone. They come through pretty quick. Um, but the nice thing is if they're not here yet, we can shoot a few wood ducks, um, you know, early on. So that's nice, man. That's cool. So you said what the first week of season you can shoot wood ducks too with the teal? The first, it's like the first four days. So like the the opener that Sunday, 
Monday and Tuesday, and then maybe the Wednesday. I can't remember. I did but not know that. You can shoot, yeah, you can shoot woodies. But, I mean, like, we do have a good bit of wood ducks here, so, you, I mean, you're not going to confuse a wood duck and a teal, no. but you could confuse wood ducks and mallards. But we don't, we don't see them, like, we don't see many other ducks besides wood ducks during that time of year, so. Right. Huh. That's interesting. That's a, that's a new one. I haven't heard that, but that's that's pretty cool that there's that opportunity to do that. What about you, Luke? Are you what state are you in? Uh, I'm in Nash or Tennessee. Okay, uh, just south of Nashville. So okay, me and Matt are what what Matt like thirty minutes apart, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you do you uh, you what? How many times do you think you hunt a season? Are you out there pretty hot and heavy, or do you just like you said get a little bit busy with work? during that time and it's it's back and forth so the past season or two um has been you know i'll hunt on work trips and personal so i kind of have to go mm. back and forth there um, i'll be traveling quite a bit for work and then for personal i usually stay around the boot hill missouri and uh, south east missouri that's where all my family's from so it's a good mix though uh, it, i've really enjoyed getting out and traveling because i grew up just hunting in the boot hill and nothing really outside of that mm. um and then going from to on the work side traveling anywhere from uh, louisiana texas and then hopefully this uh this season and next getting up north to the northeast some sea ducks and then uh trying to plan a trip to canada for next year so just some like really fun travel stuff and then uh personally just kind of the roots yep yep yeah, same here. I um, I de I definitely push anybody if they do get the chance and they can't afford it to get out and and venture out outside of your you know your own area because there's there's a lot to see and it's a lot of things are done a lot differently and I think it just makes you a better waterfowler overall to see different yeah, things sure. and try different things. So for sure, what's your guys' season looking like this year? We'll kind of we'll probably wrap this up. We're almost hitting an hour, but I kind of like to see what you guys got planned for this season man i am excited uh you know obviously we've got early goose stuff coming up here in september which is always fun but it's kind of like two or three decent hunts um shooting resident birds but i'm excited to kick off like waterfowl season for me uh, up in Canada, I'm going for the first time. Oh, nice. Um, with uh, with a call company I work for, Slayer Calls. We're going to get some mainly targeting geese, uh, getting some good goose content up there, and um, we'll be hunting up there for like four days in Alberta. So I'm stoked for that. Um, probably go uh, out to Arkansas a good bit. One of my goals this year is to get better at the the public land grind out in arkansas you know it's something mm -hmm. i've done like a handful of times mm -hmm. um but it's just so crazy and it just takes time to learn so yep. uh, luke, luke and i have talked about planning a couple trips out there um and uh maybe not getting a few boat races but uh, <laughs> but uh but you know explore a little bit out that way yeah what about what about you luke and i uh I'm still in the planning of, of quite a few hunts. I, I'm trying to base this season and, and capture a lot of content and media just with new companies I've connected with um, to benefit both sides. And like, that's one of my favorite parts of the job is just creating that relationship. Uh -huh. And, you know, in the past we, we've had those relationships, but I, I want to put a face with all of them and those hunts are where it's an easy way to capture it. Uh -huh. um, so I'm trying to plan with a few companies, um, probably going to go, Go back over to Two Bayous with John Stevens. Uh, my wife and I are hunted with him and Angie last year, and it was just an awesome time. So we'll probably get back over there. Um, probably going to go back down to Venice, Louisiana again this year. Just just a whole lot of travel, like I said before. And then uh, hopefully have some time to go on, go on some personal hunts. Uh, like Matt said, we're planning to do a few trips here. Hopefully Arkansas and then uh, back in the roots of the Boot Hill. Um, but Dude, I'm most excited about that that hunt with Goose and Dex. If we can make that happen, yeah. Um, and I, I'm to the point where I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less where it is. Um, I'm not looking for a, a limit. I'm just looking for if we have two ducks, um, right? A, a retrieve for both of them. I'm good. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the one I'm most excited about. But outside of that, travel, personal, all of the above. That's awesome. 
Well, guys, what? Uh, so, Luke, what's your social media? Where can they find you at? If you want to look you up. Yeah, uh, on Instagram, Luke.more, and obviously check out Gunner Kennels as well. And Matt, yours? Yeah, mine is Of The Field. Okay, Of The Field. And you have a website too, don't you? Yeah, my website is the MC. My name's Matt Carey, the mcimage.com. mcimage.com, the mcimage.com. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, taking time out of your day to come on the episode and talk to us all. Yeah, I yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was great meeting you guys, and I'm we'll we'll be staying in touch. I know. So, guys, we uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, and glad to bring this out and kind of show you guys some of the people that I got to meet and starting these relationships with. There's nothing better than in the hunting industry in general. Just meeting people, new faces, shaking hands, and becoming friends, and growing that that just whole dynamic of of relationships with people that are love the same stuff we do. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>